0: Welcome to Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Matt and I'm back. I was stuck. I was stuck back in the 90s and I thought uh, that I had jumped 20 years in the wrong direction and gone back to the 70s. Uh, but no, in fact, I'm in 2018 and I am here with Ryan. Ryan, I hope you've been sleeping with one eye open because I can always come back, you know?
1: Matt, welcome back. Welcome back to 2018, um, a time when no one needs to make a profit. No one needs to get paid. If we all agree, we don't have to live that way. But to this day, we choose the hard way.
0: And we're not alone. Uh, we're also I, – I join also the conversation in progress with Ryan and TFT punk correspondent Rachel D. Rachel, you soldiered heroically through the last podcast. Uh, cough, coughing though you were, you had great things to say. But, Rachel, why do you lose your voice when you have something to say?
2: Oh. Uh. You know, life was just too quiet without no one screaming at me.
0: Oh, got it. It was uh, that's that's what happens. You feel like it's not adversarial enough when uh, you and Ryan are podcasting
2: together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, yeah, and it brings out your best. Uh, brings out your best material. Well, hey, we are talking about uh, uh, a uh, 2018 album by US Girls, which is the Namda recording of megan remy um and uh the album is called in a poem unlimited released in february of this year and it is uh i i don't really know how to describe it it is so many uh um it is so many things it is an uh a, it you know what it, it's uh it's disco music for these times you know it is that was going
1: to, that was actually going to be my question <laughs> <laughs> so we we're, so we're done
0: <laughs> well as a qualify it, it could be disco music for these times it's an electronic pop record um, which is i guess a departure though i had not been familiar it's a departure for the us girl's solo project right which is has been more kind of lo-fi type music it's very politically engaged a lot of a lot of songs about issues around patriarchy, issues around violence, and a kind of um, a kind of grand unified theory of violence and oppression that links the personal and that, that links uh, the, uh, things on a on a um, personal and a global scale. Without having to, uh, you know, uh, well, and without necessarily comparing the things, it sort of draws lines between, um, uh, between phenomena happening at a lot of different levels. And, uh, all to the sound of like this extraordinarily warm synth, synth driven, uh, uh sort of disco beat, right? With, uh, with, um, horns and, and other things from a, um, from a jazz collective a i i suppose a toronto based jazz collective that was called, oh Rachel, you knew the name before when uh, we were talking
2: I, I believe it? it's the cosmic range,
0: okay, the cosmic uh oh yeah, the cosmic range, the Toronto funk and jazz collective um yep, so the uh you know there there are it is it is a strange. Um, it is a strange combination and I kind of want to talk about that because this is what we've taught what we've done a lot of very politically engaged music uh, sometimes it's it's kind of jagged and edgy like uh, priests nothing feels natural sometimes it's um, sort of alienating and uh, experimental like a, like a lot of uh, uh, like Shamir's uh, the follow-up Shamir's, uh, what hope hope right yeah. and hopeless niece hopelessness, Anaheim, yeah, exactly, hopelessness right. whether you're yeah. hopeful or hopeless um but uh but it's never been such a dance party you know <laughs> political alienation has never sounded like such a good time uh rachel or ryan wh- what's your history with uh with u s girls and how did you find this record at first listen
2: um i wasn't Overly familiar with all of uh, the U.S. Girls catalog. I think the first song I had heard of U.S. Girls was from the um, prior album that was released on the 4AD label Half Free. Um, And there's a song on that album called Damn That Valley, which uh, immediately appealed to me. It is, I would describe it as like... I don't know. It, it it was it was just like a very heavy dubby song, um, you know, and in kind of in in like kind of her her version of that. And and the lyrics there are about um, like a widow of a fallen soldier um, and being like kind of like upset about like kind of upset at the government and upset at kind of the the promise of I guess like the failed promise of like not returning her husband home to her safe. Um, you know, it's kind of through that character. Uh, and I just love the sound of it. It reminded me of everything I like about the, the Clash's later work, Mm -hmm. um, with all like the, like, you know, particularly like the Sandinista album and it's like, you know, extreme commitment to, to like it's dub influences. Um, it it just i love i love the sound of that track and and that just led me to be interested in her work in general um but this album is is very different from that song i would say um i think there's more because of the musicianship here and like the the band um and uh, you know the band playing uh, um on these tracks i do think the disco funk um like fullness uh, gets added to that sound.
1: But I think it does have some of that, like the, the studio experimentation and like effects um uh, and just, like slight distortion of dub is still present. I mean, it's especially there on the opener of Velvet for Sale, which mm-hmm. is, I think the most sonically like that kind of dubby Damn That Valley song. But I think that there is a lot of places where, yes, this is danceable and accessible, but there is still a little bit of that. Like, it's still a, just like slightly noise funky, mm-hmm. Um, whether it's in the production, um, you know, and or in even just like the original arrangement in the song structure right the way that the closer time is this like very long kind of talking heads um, rave up at the end um and or, or the use of the um the kind of found sound snippets that it is i guess in that way right thinking about like kind of later period talking heads kind of remain in light era talking heads is that there's a very like it's very Brian Eno-ish, right? And that there is like pop music or engagement with pop, but also a kind of very artful engagement with with studio production as mm-hmm. well, right? But it's, so it's less in the way of kind of constructing an electronic beat, but in kind of produ- deliberately producing a band, right? And I think everything about this is so kind of deliberately crafted and put together, um, and and uh, and I think we we really liked that um damn that valley song enough like the other album we would like listen to a bit but that song was you know kept showing up on like running playlists mm-hmm. and other you know kind of other other mixes it was something that was returned to a lot and so this was like on our radar when we saw this album was coming out in uh, February
0: well all right uh with that I think it's time to let you listen to to this record and either feel uh, the beat deep within your body or else contemplate soberly the uh, ruinous state of the world. So this is, this is a record for dancing uh, or weeping or weeping while dancing because those two things are certainly not mutually exclusive. Throw your own little pity party and uh, put this podcast on pause a pause podcast pity party and uh press play and uh, meet us back here when you're done and after this word from our commercial sponsor
1: are you looking to give your child a treasured memory that will haunt them
0: throughout their life, perhaps all the way until their dying day? I think that's right, because I'm an I'm an insecure parent. I want to uh I want to help to to give my child experiences, but I also want to just sear my memory onto their consciousness. Well then why not give them
1: a sled?
0: Oh, a sled? Go on. Well, with Rosebud
1: brand sleds, you give your child this little little toy, and they will have so much joy that then when they lose it, they will also realize that they will lose you, and they will lose their innocence, and they will lose everything. And they will then spend their life really just haunted by that memory of Rosebud. Oh,
0: hey, little Rachel, here's a sled for you.
2: Oh, wow. This is a sled. I shall enjoy it on the snowfield.
0: I'm going to die. Everyone is going to die. You're going to lose everything that you had. The world is a morass of violence and and, and suffering.
2: Uh, the snow is too slick. The sled is going too fast.
0: This sled will be thrown into a fire when your estate is put up for auction.
1: Rosebud sleds—it's what Citizen Kane is about.
0: <laughs> and we're back. I uh, guess <laughs> spoiler alert,
2: retroactive spoiler <laughs> alert for I Citizen mean, Kane. <laughs> I don't think you could give Citizen Kane cannot have a spoiler alert. I mean, I know the spoiler, and I haven't but seen it. It's actually
1: how Omar dies—is that a sled? <laughs> <laughs> that Citizen Kane runs a sled, a sled. into him. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: right. <laughs> Yeah.
0: That's, yeah, that's funny. We've been less alienating about uh uh about giving spoilers on uh, on shows. I feel like we should, you know, we should like uh spoil something. I don't know. Um what happens at the end of Search Party? <laughs>
2: Uh, I don't know because there's a new season, but uh, fair enough. I mean, so, I, I actually can answer. that. I'm going to really
1: spoil the Americans. uh, <laughs> The Cold War ends. <laughs> they, they lose. <laughs> yeah,
0: the Berlin Wall falls down. It was yeah. all. It was all futile anyway. It um, was.
1: It was actually all. It, it all. It was all taking place inside Gorbachev's
0: snow globe. Um, <laughs> um, well, okay. So, uh, Ryan and Rachel, I I have a question.
1: Oh yeah. Oh. Question away. We we missed you last week. We <laughs> yeah. had to. We had to question ourselves. Um, and
2: yeah, we had to search inside. Ourselves <laughs> really hard questions.
0: Go 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 deep within. Go deep. Uh, this this album with its uh you know with its sort of trenchant politically engaged lyrics uh with its emphasis on on revenge with its uh you know um anger with its uh uh social commentary uh is this poem unlimited mm. Mm. Mm.
1: I would say that the answer is a qualified yes. Oh. Well, that's interesting for a change.
2: Isn't it always?
0: Yes, and that's why I can answer it so readily. <laughs> I mean, is it a, how well uh, please t- tell me what what it, what makes a poem unlimited and why is this kind of one?
2: Okay. D- do you, do you, do I I I'll I'll, I'll 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 just dive right in.
1: Just do it. Just, just, just dive, dive right dive in. You're in, in the to, deep to end. the to
2: the background reading.
1: We're in the we're in the deep end. All
2: right. Okay. It's, so It's it's
1: it's the adult swim. So all the children have been cleared out of the pool. So dive right in. So
2: so guys, um so guys, uh this line is apparently from Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's what? It's part of a uh, Polonius is like Kind of, I don't know, sarcastically talking about all the different kinds of plays, play, genres of plays. Yeah, it's, po- a- it's
1: Polonius's pitchfork review. Right? Yeah, and it's right. all the all the hyphenated genres. Right.
2: He gives <laughs> this like long, kind of flippant little list of like hyphenated play genres, and one of them is poem unlimited, uh, which I guess is long poem according to the internet. I don't know. Um. So anyway, so poem unlimited, um, is one of these kinds of genres and you know interestingly enough harold bloom a uh, literary critic uh of of note <laughs> our boy our boy, our harold, boy Blo- harold bloom <laughs> wrote this entire book called poem hamlet a poem unlimited um and From what I understand of this, and I certainly don't know because I have not read this book, (laughs) (laughs) but from what I understand, uh, you know, the idea is that Hamlet is so good, it is so amazing, that it is like... A, it's a poem unlimited that is, like, without genre, right? That it almost, like, it surpasses the idea of, like, genre or, like, any kind of conventional reading you could possibly give to it. And is really, like, almost this, it's really this, it's, like, it's really about Hamlet, like, play acting in his own life. Um, and to me, I think um, there's, I think there's something about, like, the choice of then that as the title of this album to me suggests several things one it's kind of like placing the work itself as being sort of like beyond the um press kit genre characterizations that are going you know that it's that it's going to like defy right like that it, it it that it even if it is like a disco funk like pop electronic album that it's sort of, it has, it's gonna like naturally defy any easy characterization or genre. Um, in that sense, the, it is a, the work is a poem unlimited. Um, but then I think it also kind of places all of these, I, I would call these like different like kind of character vignettes. Like each of these songs seem to me like the perspective of a different woman um, or a different character. And, again i think you know i guess you know that puts it i i think that's like trying to get it like by, by kind of having these like specific little character stories there is this kind of um archetypal or like more universal um story about like uh you know violence and like a kind of like, I don't know, like women have like living through these endless cycles of like violence and and uh, and subjugation. Hmm. Uh, so that's I, what I have to say about
1: this. I have to say that if if Rachel's interpretation of of this kind of the title being a Hamlet reference is correct, that then this is a great album to be kind of themed around ideas um, from Shakespeare, but it is
0: no hopeless fountain kingdom.
2: Oh, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. I mean, I mean
0: you want to hear you want to hear her. You want to hear uh, her on the on the track at the beginning reading that Polonius speech, right? Like. <laughs> Right. <laughs> the best actors in the world either for tragedy comedy history pastoral pastoral comical historical pastoral <laughs> tragical historical <laughs> tragical comical historical pastoral <laughs> scene individable or poem unlimited uh yeah the uh uh the um yeah the the it's in, it's interesting like see well, I have a lot to say about about the Shakespeare, obviously, also about Harold Bloom. But Ryan, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, stint you. Do you want to uh, weigh? It's
1: just interesting, just kind of reflecting you you doing the quote and and reflecting kind of Rachel's you know, equating this to some of the way that criticism works in music from the Pitchfork review of this album, right? Um, there are flashes of Mark Bullen and Frank Zappa's 70s psychedelia and Terry Riley's ambient extravagandas, but new to Remy's palette is disco-driven pop, uh, right? <laughs> and so, right and they might as well have said, disco-driven pop, pop-driven disco. <laughs> right,
0: right, exactly. There's also... Um uh later in the later in the review uh at once the most accessible and sharply violent u s girls album to date two dozen collaborators uh And yet the glam and surf rock, disco and pop, glorious, danceable pop, speaks to a unified vision, one of spit, fury and chuckling to keep from crying. So it's, uh, you know, it's uh, spit disco, it's chuckling surf rock, it's uh, fury pop, pop fury, chuckling pop, you know, that the, yeah, a little bit, it kind of lapses into... Um, it lapses into unintentional unintentional parody. So in in the Polonius speech, this is when... The actors the actors show up the actors who eventually become the basis for the plays of the thing we 're in i 'll catch the conscience of the king right. um, and they show up uh, and uh, Polonius is introducing them to Hamlet Now, he 's dead serious right like he 's like you know your boy Polonius is not laughing he doesn 't realize that he 's uh, absolutely ridiculous but the, this he is it 's highly ironic he 's meant to be a figure of sort of fun and and uh, stupidity and but he says this These things, uh, scene individable or poem unlimited. That th- these are like at once in a catalog of different genres and they're, they're sort of opposed with one another. Scene individable I suppose, being like one act play or something, right? right? Like a, a single action, like without, um, without breaks for, you know, change of time or something. Mm-hmm. And Poem Unlimited being sort of maybe the opposite of that, maybe like experimental drama or something, right? Like mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where it's just not constrained by the dramatic unity and is is a Poem Unlimited Mm. rather than being a a thing, you know? Um, So that, like, Poem Unlimited both speaks to kind of an artistic ambition um, and uh, an artistic ambition and also a kind of... um, auteurship right like uh like uh uh an artistic endeavor you know the 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 vision of an artist and the the um the thing that that u.s girls adds is i think important in a poem Mm -hmm. unlimited right and the um I had the lyric, uh, I had the lyric up, uh, before is it
1: the, in a poem unlimited, we stay, uh, and on a lawless night, lawless night, we wait yes. holding so, our breath. We
0: wait. Yeah. yeah. In a poem unlimited, we stay. So, so the poem unlimited yeah. is kind of not about limitlessness. It's actually about containing, uh, yeah. Yeah. uh, the, you yeah. know, the U S girls, um, the sort of speaker or the we, the we of this song who are, um, you know, women or revolutionaries or, you know, uh, people who are sort of waiting, waiting to right the wrongs that have, that have been done to them. So the unlimitedness of the poem is sort of about Mm. inescapability, right? Mm. It may as well be like in a poem inescapable, we stay. And, and the poem I think is about the kind of constructedness of the, of the system the kind of the non the that it's not a natural yeah it's not a natural state right like someone had to make it this way someone had to make all the all the shitty oppression rhyme with uh with itself
1: i mean it makes me think of like two kinds of like these like kind of constructed environments in fiction like Westworld, right? Like the, the kind of expanse of the world in Westworld where it's kind of hard to hit the edge of Westworld or the slightly more finite um, but still kind of seemingly unlimited reality of like The Truman Show, right? Where – and eventually um, – I guess spoiler for the Truman Show, uh, you know, he rose his way all, uh, out to the edge of of the world, right? Of the set that he that he lives in. Um, and it's, it's interesting that this idea is there in Rosebud as well, right? Which talks about um, uh, right, a cage holds you. We all we've all got one that we call home. So that idea um, of constraint is um, is there. I think it's. I, I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it's even interesting in um, to think about like the title and the kind of inness of be, the, in, be, the, the state of being in the um, uh, a poem unlimited because the way if you look at the typography on the album, um, it also right so even though the album is being billed everywhere as being um, in a poem unlimited, the typ- uh, typography is also even a little bit more like it is the U.S. girls are appearing in a poem unlimited yeah. right and uh right it's a little bit has a little bit of that um you know why claud john presents the carnival featuring the refugee also <laughs> right um and so there's a little bit like that and and so the james Bond
0: james Bond will
1: return in
0: a poem unlimited <laughs>
1: right exactly um yeah the other thing it makes me think of is public image limited right this is poem image unlimited uh a little bit um and it is interesting because i mean that was also a dubby disco-y political exploration and yet they couldn't be more different, right (laughs) different right um and i feel like weirdly i feel like the the politics of this stick a little more because it's like all i remember from metal box is like yelling about like albatrosses (laughs) um and um Whereas this, I think, kind of invites you in, right? This is a a little bit of a, um, you know, you it invites you in, and then it kind of sneaks up on you, right? Lyrically.
2: No, I think that's right. I think it's um, because the melodies are so uh, bright and haunting. Uh, I think you are not necessarily hearing uh, immediately the uh, the violence and the. The uh, yeah, and like the pretty, pretty, um, pretty heavy shit.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, so that's the thing that like was my major takeaway from this record, right? Like, was that I mean, I feel like that's the sort of the easy gloss on this record is like, what's the deal with all these catchy songs about oppression and suffering, you know, both personal, <laughs> personal, historical class-based, uh, gender-based, like the whole what's, and, but I want to move my body to it. Like what's going on. Um, so, so let me, um, let me post I, like, I, like, I like
1: Polonius Seinfeld, by the way, like basically,
0: right. Like, <laughs> so uh but let me um let me uh ask you guys what's the deal with this record and all of its catchy songs about suffering both personal and political and class-based and gender-based and and what's going on
2: (laughs) Uh, i think it's at I mean, I think like, uh, like kind of the, I don't think it's like, I think it's like part of like a long line of like other projects like this too, where it's like, you know, it doesn't take a lot to, you know, especially if you want to consider, if you want to like, let's just like, let's just like take, take as like a, let's just take the idea that this is like, you know, somehow rooted in pop. Let's just let's just go with that idea. Right. That there's like if, if these songs and melodies are kind of like rooted in some kind of like pop um, pop mode, then I think there's like been a long line of like like I don't know. I like it's it's like an idea that presents itself that like beneath pop, there's like always been you know, like, you know, there's always the specter of violence and it's like pretty on the surface. Like you don't actually have to dig all that deep. Like, you mm. know, most, um, you know, there's like Motown songs and like Phil Spector produced songs that are like right. extremely violent. Right. He,
1: he hit me and it felt like, right. A kiss, he right. hit
2: me and it felt like a kiss. There's, you know, just even like the plot of most romantic comedies are creepy. Like if right. you actually like, Think about it, or
1: like the big bopper,
2: right? Or like, like right, or oh baby, <laughs> right? Chantilly lace is kind of like gross. Uh, <laughs> she you
0: know, definitely, yeah, that girl definitely sounds inappropriately young for him.
2: Yeah, and so I think you know, I, I I don't think it takes a lot to like kind of you don't even have to scratch all that hard, you know what I mean, to get at the kind of violent undercurrent of of pop songs. And so I think you know presenting i think that kind of carried like this just carries it even forward like more more explicitly um
0: yeah it's a it's a um I don't know. It's, uh, I always think of it as blue velvet, right? Like, because like blue velvet is about the sort of pathological violence and kind of psychological fucked upness underneath the veneer of, of beautiful suburbia, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and that like that last, section that last shot i should say the last sequence in blue velvet where it's this kind of like highly romanticized slow-mo tracking shot of like a white picket fence and uh and roses and things like that and i think maybe like a sprinkler like you know watering the grass or something like that that uh it's you know, and that, that, that's the way that, that it goes. So like, so the idea, but, but I, you know, I don't know. Do you think, do you think the, I think the, the difference here is a level of irony or, or of self-awareness of the kind of, of the kind of disjunction, right? Because, uh, I would say that U.S. Girls is with David Lynch and not with the Big Bopper, right? Unless you think oh, yeah. that, unless you think that the Big Bopper was like an alienating kind of performance art project that like we still have not really sounded the depths of hey
1: hey man, hey, man w- look nobody ever found that plane all right like
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i have like thoughts on well it's I'll, I, I mean I'll, I'll just go into the go, go there i'll go into the aside that i actually did like a little bit where i i pretend i did a little like sketch on stage about i was the big bopper and that i had been frozen for all these years um after the plane crash uh-huh. and that i and i had come back and i was really really thirsty <laughs> um and so and then like i and then i did Chantilly lace and it it progressively becomes like more and more uh vulgar and overtly sexual <laughs> um so i but so i do think yeah i do think there you know maybe there's something there about the big bopper was I mean, the Big Popper was an old man, so I think he had to hold, held himself with some, like, reserve or, like, a little bit of, like, like this is what the teenagers want. You know what I mean? I think there had to be a little, like, distance he held that persona, like, that he had of him, you know, uh, he held it at a distance, but like, aside from that, I would agree with you that this album's more on the David Lynch continuum, and adding to that continuum, because you actually, your, your your description of the end of Blue Velvet reminds me also, weirdly enough, of The end of Little Shop of Horrors, the movie version, ends with, like, a very fake, like, white picket fence and, like, sprinkler scene. And, you know, of course, like, the funny thing is that the plant is there in their backyard. Exactly. And, like, so I think there's, like, that continuum of kind of winking irony right so i this album is more like on the david lynch side of that than on like the little shop of horror well, and side it's actually
1: of that. kind of very in the little shop of horror side right especially the mad as hell like kind of could be a little shop of horror song right <laughs> like which is like kind of the girl group type like song right that has still like the violence and kind of innuendo in it right that's like, true
2: and i would say that song is kind of like the funniest song yeah which i think is like because I think Little Shop of Horrors is more like the funny end of this like spectrum. Yeah. Um. And I think that is the funniest song because it has the kind of um, I forget what like the term is like like if there's like a term in a comedy, but like I guess like the mapping. That's what it is. Yeah. Um. She kind of does like the mapping of uh the her the relationship to Obama as like a romantic relationship right. that she's disappointed by, yeah, right. and that is like humorous. I would argue. Um, in a way that I think some of the other songs are not, they don't have that kind of like, uh, sense of humor.
1: Well, yeah, she says, right. Like, as you were in first in line to use those bugs up high, the coward's weapon of choice, but you got that winner's smile and you know how to leave them moist.
2: Right. 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 I mean that's funny. <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> Definitely the fu-
1: the funniest set of um, you know, of of lyrics about uh about drone strikes that I've heard uh this decade. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Right. I mean, oh, I, I, mean I guess I guess yeah. Anne Huni- but, it, but it gives and 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 I guess uh with Anony's drone bomb me being the close second, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean I guess so that's uh I guess so that's funny I kn- the I didn't even think of that as being the but that is definitely the um the sort of take me baby but uh that's that's a much more sexual uh, song right the the yeah. the US girls one is a lot more coy it's a lot more about about uh uh romance and and things like that in that like uh the the drone bombing is like oh oh you do your drone bombing boys will be drone bombing boys you know (laughs) Um, and women and children (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah i mean i don't know do you feel like there's uh what do you feel do you feel like there's a What's the is is this about expression or is this about communication? Right? Do you feel like this this album is sort of focused on political change? Do you think it's not quite that? It's more a kind of it's more a kind of uh, like just sort of furious expression of an experience that like is is underreported and sort of needs to be heard and that's the urgency uh, the urgency of it right do, do you have a um i don't know do you have do you ever do you ever read on i i mean i a read on the politics of of the record in the sense that like uh, in the sense that sort of what is it uh you know sort of what is it is it aiming to do right
1: yeah, I mean, I, I think that part of what which is not,
0: I mean, that's a shitty, I like, I, I feel like I'm springing a, a question on you, but but you seem to no, have an no. answer, so I, that's I, okay. I,
1: I, no, I, I think it's there. I mean, it's, we were talking a little bit about the song poem, right, which is kind of, if not exactly the title track, kind of connects to this, um, and, and she says, right, like, we all know what's right, we didn't get it from a book or a site, we know it in our bones all blood flows the same. So what are we going to do to change? What are we going to do to change? Um, and I think that, and I, so I don't think it offers um, a program. I, I think so. It is, it is a little more kind of describing. It's describing and slightly provoking though, because I, I think it is like, interestingly, like this poem, I guess is limited, right? I, I think in the context of this, Right that it, you know going back to this, right in a poem limited we stay, and on a lawless night, a lawless night we wait, and i I think that that's interesting. 'Cause it's it could be one of two you can read that one of two ways, right? It's either in the lawless night, we are waiting, right? So it's like it's the purge and you are lying and, and you're you're hiding in the bushes during the purge, right? Or during during the revolution, right? But I think that I tend to but then you get to the next line is this holding our breath, we wait. And I feel like especially in this idea of holding our breath, is that we are waiting on that lawless night, right? We're kind of waiting for the revolution to come. Um, And I I think that this connects to the last track, um, to time. um, And she kind of sets out these kind of contradictions um, over this kind of um, sort of talking heads um, barn burner, right? Where she says, um, you know, when there is nothing, there is still time. When there is nothing, there is still time. There is still time, mountains of time when there is nowhere, there is still time. When when there is nowhere, there is still time. There is still time, oceans of time. When there is something, there is no time. When there is something, there is no time. There is no time, canyons of time. When there is somewhere, there is no time. When there is somewhere, there is no time. There is no time, dry bed of time. And I think that what I take of this and I take of this as the, um, the Closer, right, it puts out this paradox, right, um, is that when you – when there's kind of a, a loss for social mobilization, for social change, for kind of ideas, there's a sense, well, well we have time, right, that we – you know, we're, we're – game's not over yet. Um, we can figure this out, Um and, and, and that is a kind of procrastination tactic right a, another kind of waiting another another type of waiting in a in a poem unlimited um, and uh, but then when there is something right when there is an idea when there there's a platform or a tool that's offered um, well then there's no time it's like sorry got to got to do the dishes love love to revolution i'll revolution next week um, but i'm just i'm swamped man i got to bail i got to bail on the revolution i'm sorry i know i said interested in revolution uh on your facebook event for the revolution um but i am gonna have to uh, or the evite the revolution evite but i'm gonna have to change my rsvp for the revolution yeah because <laughs> there's no there's just no time there's no time i have i have canyons of
0: time <laughs> wait what are there what's the difference between oceans of time and canyons of time i guess canyons have nothing in them
2: yeah I mean, no. Well, I think it's what it's mountains and canyons and oceans and dry bed.
0: Yeah, oh, exactly. Got it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Or so the, can- I... the canyons are where the mountains aren't.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: They're up- yeah. The canyons are upside down mountains.
2: And yeah. I feel like, yeah, if you're thinking of mountains and canyons, it's like negative spaces of each other or something.
0: Uh, um, I don't
2: know. It's Interesting
1: it's man. it's it's it's, it's cool, cool. It's, it's a temple tower cool. it's really
2: cool <laughs> yeah it's a real it is it's a it's a temple tower i had
0: i definitely had the uh i definitely had the um the same sense as you that the the kind of way that this album sums up the the political situation is that uh um well, to take a uh, to take an Ani DeFranco lyric that we covered um, when we did Little Plastic Castle, there's a fire that's just waiting for fuel, right? Mm-hmm. And that, like, yeah. there's yeah. there's a sense in which like we're waiting, uh, and it's figured in several ways. Like, it's a night, uh, it's dark. We're in a fo- poem, Unlimited. We're we're staying. We're contained. It doesn't really have the. Um, It doesn't really, we don't really have the ability yet, but, but the thing that's, the thing that's different, the thing that makes this a sort of a slightly progressive move is that it sort of narrates, it it sort of gives voice to, uh, it gives voice to what the experience is like, right? Rather, rather than kind of continuing, continuing to be silent. So we may be constrained, but we're not, uh, we're not silent. We're a force and that, like, that force will potentially, one hopes be unleashed, you know, at some, at some point in the, uh, uh, at some point in the future, but it's not like, uh, you know, it's not, it's not unleashed yet. Is it, is it? And, and, yeah. it, and
1: it also it's not going to unleash itself though, I think is, is the thing. And, and right. And it's, and again, there's not a program for unleashing the fire, but it kind of, it, it, it recognizes the difficulty in a way that is still also kind of useful. And we talked about this a little bit with um, Jeff Rosenstock last week, and it provides actually a really interesting contrast, right? Because Jeff Rosenstock, so much of that album, as we discussed, was about feeling stuck. And, and then it ends on, we're not, but we're not going to let them win. And that feels like a little facile, right? That feels like Mm -hmm. a little bit like, well, how, man? Like, bro, like, you just spent this whole album uh, saying that your voice is stuck in your throat, right? And, uh, and so like, 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 must be nice to to be so optimistic, right? Whereas I think that, and it's hard, right? You don't want to get into, you know, I guess there's the risk of kind of diagnosing the condition better is is a kind of analysis paralysis, right? That's a kind of that's the kind of uh, poem unlimited as well. Uh, but, <laughs> that's <right>? so funny.
0: <laughs> research research is a poem unlimited, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, it's like well, I think we just need to understand the contours of the problem a little better um, until uh, until we until we can act. Um, but I do think that there is. I don't know how you find that um, that that kind of Goldilocks revolutionary point, right? Like where it's, you know, it's it's not too under theorized and it's not too over theorized. Right. It's it's just right.
2: (laughs) I feel like I wonder if we can if we if we're in a poem unlimited, then I think we can kind of like I wonder if we can learn something from like that Looney Tunes cartoon. Where, like, the animator is, like, harassing the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, Duckamuck. Duckamuck. Like, duck and, like, I don't really remember how, like, that ends or how, like, I guess, so what, like, Daffy Duck is, like, does he get out? Does he figure a way to, like, not get harassed by the animator?
0: Or does he get annihilated and go into go into the void, go into a kind of nuclear wasteland of nothingness, you know?
2: And I I mean, to me, I view them as like a similar kind of issue, because if you're like in a poem unlimited, it makes me it implies I think there's like 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 there's this author that you can't really access Mm. or have. But Mm. that the only like Mm. solution Mm. is like writing different words that end the poem or start a new poem. Yeah. So it's just kind of like I, I don't know how you solve the problem of being stuck in a poem and yet needing to be the author of the poem or the author of a new poem.
0: Oh, all right. So uh, here's the end of duck and muck. Uh,
2: Yeah. I'm so excited that we are spoiling
1: duck. The, uh,
0: after, after Daffy has been well and truly defeated by the animator, the camera pulls back and reveals the guilty party to be Bugs Bunny at a drawing table who turns around and says to the audience, ain't i a stinker Stinker.
2: yeah (laughs) okay okay that is interesting yeah like because like how did bug's buddy like escape the paper you know like because he is drawn i mean even in like the real i don't know
1: really makes you think it
2: really makes you think yeah i Wow. Okay. So I don't, I don't know if that really gives us any help here. (laughs) uh... Like Bugs Bunny, like it's just in like, I feel like that ends on like, well, Bugs Bunny just has this like entrenched place of like privilege as like the giant version of himself that can like draw the scale and torture Daffy Duck. But think about that. That, 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 I mean, it is what you were exactly what you're saying is that
1: it is like, like the... I, it's one way to read that is that like a cartoon um has gained the ability to cartoon, right? Right. Like and it's kind of a skynet situation. Right. Right. Like in Dugamuck Two, uh the cartoons the Duckamuck Two is um is who framed Roger Rabbit. Right. right? <laughs> and the cartoons start exterminating trying to exterminate humans in in, in Looney Toon Judgment Day. <laughs> right right um no i i joke but it's i mean it's so interesting i mean it reminds me of this video this kind of promotional thing um that uh that megan remy did for this album right where she did a i guess her label had suggested that she do a listening party and she's like well i don't want to do that and so she um and, and there's a video of an excerpt of what she did which was like a kind of her version of a tourist like van tour around new york city where she got like rented a a kind of passenger van a kind of um like a ford van and uh and had a like microphone um like a wireless mic and drove a group of about 12 people around the city while playing the album and then gave kind of like alternate histories of um of various sites in new york city and at some point she kind of says um and it's a very it's a very odd little piece of performance art um and, and she sort of says though is that the you know i forget how she she puts it but she kind of says something about like the difference between history and myths,
2: myth right and having to create like new myths and new history yeah. to like understand um ourselves better yeah um, so I do think, yes, I think I I think actually her saying that made me think that, you know, about like how the escaping the poem Unlimited it has to involve authorship. Yeah. But I think there is still this trap of like, how do you become the author of that universe? Right. Um, it's like a it's like a kind of like position of power. It, I mean, it's like a it's like it's still like I think there's this like how do we. How do we, um, how do we escape that, like a uh, sense of that there's like an, an an actual author?
0: No, guys, no, right? Like, what if, what if <laughs> everything is. A poem unlimited. What if we're living in a poem unlimited right now? And maybe that poem unlimited is just in another poem unlimited, you know? Like, have you thought
2: about that, dude? Oh my God! So I guess we just spoiled the Matrix.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're returning to our to our sort of alienating uh, and confounding roots. Like one of the I love yeah. the idea that the Daffy Duck
1: takes the red pill, right? Like- <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think it's right. I guess that's yeah. I guess that's like another answer. Is that like right? You need to take the red pill so that you can see the pen like drawing you or something, right? Well, this, I
0: mean, actually, it's funny that you should say red pill because that's like a mra thing right like it that's is, I, I, that's I an online I, the mo- some of the most like kind of uh virulent yeah, misogyny yeah, is sort of done yeah. under the idea of taking the red pill and it sort of le- i mean it it demonstrates the weakness of of these ideas or or it or, or, or mm, d- demonstrates the kind of constructedness of these these claims right like the the idea that like you know um uh well in fact we need to tell the the world about um we need to tell the world about our experience and that the world is a set of malevolent conspiracies that have, right, have right. made us suffer immoderately, you know, that could be said about the, the triangle shirtwaist fire, right? Like, right, which right, is right, one right. of the, one of the locations right. that, uh, that she says, uh, Meg Remy kind of visits in her tour or that could be said by some like, uh, you know, I don't know, some like, uh, uh, what some like um tech bro guy talking about how girls don't look at him right or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. right like yeah. that that was, he, he's entitled to all this female attention right this the sense of the sense of being aggrieved i think is a necessary but not a sufficient condition yeah. Yeah. to uh to claim the mantle of of you know political righteousness or something like that
1: well i, yeah, I guess like spoiler alert like all consciousness is false. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, right. Because like, I think that that, cause that's part of this idea is about, um, this need to yank yourself out of a, a simulation. But this, I, the, the discursive tactic that like, well, like both, like the things that I don't like, are a simulation that is placed over us right or is a is a trap and i am waking myself up out of that trap right
2: (laughs) i guess that goes to the bird song rosebud right Right. where it's like uh we all live in a cage but you need to like basically like you need to interrogate who holds the key to your cage yeah and i guess that is sort of like where you can make that distinction then right like the 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 mra guy has a very different like person holding their key um and well, I mean, like it like sounds the, like
0: sounds like he has no one holding his key and that's the problem right <laughs> <laughs> no one's
2: holding his key i am key master you- <laughs> hold my key yeah no right but like right like like the thing that would unlock his cage is like uh you know, like un, un err you know, like uh unmitigated female attention into subservience. Yeah. You know? And like <laughs> so I guess it's like, you know, can you
0: Yeah, what's I mean I guess
2: it's a way to look at it like your key holder kind of um is a way to kinda of like interrogate your your kind of a uh, in like politics.
0: So so what you're saying is that you really have to curate your jailer.
2: yeah yeah you gotta like right like who's your jail yeah exactly you need to like you need to think about like your jailer oh my
1: god yeah yeah, yeah, there's a great well it's a well-curated stockholm syndrome right right? exactly
0: that's like you, you know i love the uh i love the article on the cut that's uh the oppression edit you know, that's really, uh, that was a great, that was a great, um, that was a great set of, uh, of jailers of locks of locks and keys, you know,
1: I do like the, the idea in the song, right. Is that the part of the key, I think <coughs> is this idea, right. That it is a rosebud, right. So it's uh, that it is a, a thing that you want, right. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's this thing that you want and, and not just like that you want in a, like, you know, in a fulfillable sense, but in a kind of non-fulfillable sense, right? right? Um, and, and that idea though, that this is kind of, you know, individualized or kind of different. And, and again, that that kind of also prevents a certain kind of like (laughs) connection. And again, I actually see that weirdly, um, Right, I mean, uh, and 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 she even says, um, you know, "No act of te- telepathy could reveal your rosebud to me." Right? There's something about like a kind of the unknowable um, uh, unknowability of others, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, and that actually kind of for me resonates a little bit with some of the kind of themes around um, disconnection. Um, that were in Jeff Rosenstock, but it's less kind of technologically mediated. It's, it's hard to know if it's kind of part of the human condition or if it is about kind of late capitalism as everything is. Um, right. I don't know
0: about these times it's, you know, it's it is these times
1: <laughs> this is, this is, yes, this is politically charged disco funk, pop indie dub for these times. <laughs>
0: well, you know, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want it for, um, I guess you wouldn't want it for any other time, right?
2: Not Um, those times, no.
1: No, not those times. Those times weren't politically charged. That's the problem. That's how we got into this mess, is those times Times were were not not
2: politically charged. But these These times
1: times are politically politically charged. Yeah. Yeah, oh, we've charged our, our our political batteries. Yes,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. I mean right, and that's a that's an interesting thing. Like you know, hey, you know what? I used to be deluded, but now I'm convinced of a whole different thing set of right. things uh, than right. I was convinced of back in the time when I was deluded. You know, right? And then in five years, well, I used to be deluded. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, but now I know. Now now I have a real personal relationship with with my curated jailer yeah, it's,
1: it's, <laughs> it's, it's the delusion dialectic right <laughs>
0: right exactly that's uh um uh, that's good hey look at the look at the cover of of the record a little yeah. bit it's yeah. a, oh, yeah. so oh, the, yeah. the cover's a painting right um and it's it's presumably of of her of uh of meg of our uh the singer Megan remy but it's it's um It has sort of striking blue eyes and uh, there are drips coming from the blue eyes that like drips coming out and it's blue, blue drips coming from the blue eyes. So it looks like water. Right. Uh, But it also looks like it looks like paint. It could have just been paint that. you know that was kind of like let allowed to drip down the painting and in fact that was probably the technique that that like produced this image right like the the watercolor or whatever was just kind of allowed to run down the um uh you know down the medium down the canvas or i guess you don't watercolor on canvas on paper um and that uh you know so that there is this there is this Kind of interplay between constructedness between you know art technique, between the sort of alienating effect of showing the constructedness of how the painting was put together, and also like suffering of tears and, yeah. and sadness yeah. and like and, and experience, which seems to me you know not unrelated to a lot of the themes yep. that, that were <laughs> that we're bringing up as we discuss this.
1: Well, actually, did you know that the cover art was actually
0: drawn by Bugs Bunny? <laughs> <laughs> ain't uh, I a stinker <laughs> spoiler spoiler alert for in a poem unlimited you know
1: <laughs> yeah but no but i i think that the, the another way of'm thinking about it right um is also that the eyes are the tears right that the is an it, yeah, right, the, the little, eyes are sh- made
0: of tears right
1: the eyes are made of tears and the tears are made of eyes <laughs> right um in the great like you know soil and green of sadness because hey guys soil and green is people <laughs> did you know that so is greatest out of people, Omar dies, and Rosebud's a sled. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I am Bugs Bunny. <laughs>
0: oh, you've revealed the thing that will end this
2: podcast. <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, um, we've, probably, uh, we've probably said what we have to say uh, about In a Poem Unlimited, except th- they're really good s- – you guys – they're really good songs. <laughs> they are. They really are. No, they,
2: they really are. It's a very good album. But
1: it's, it's, it's that and all of – and so much more, right, than it is?
2: <laughs> yeah, because it's definitely also, like, capital A art, you know? Like, it's – there's a very, like, a very unique and distinctive, like, voice and uh, vision here. I mean, even in, like, the kind of scene, like, the the visuals for the videos, the cover art, like, everything here is so, like um, – is definitely like rich and like requires, uh, requires and deserves like a serious uh, attention and scrutiny, uh, in which makes it both like a really cool listen and then like something that can keep you engaged, like, well beyond you know the many, many lessons.
0: Well, maybe one day some podcast will come along and give it that sustained and serious attention and scrutiny. Uh, but this has been the TFT podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I'm going to write, I'm going to write like the 150 page book, like Rachel Dunyak's, uh, uh, you know, uh, us girls in a poem unlimited, unlimited. On, on, on a poem unlimited and how, <laughs> yeah, the, the
0: uh, for the like the thirty three and the third series or something like that. Yeah, yeah.
2: exactly. <laughs> and I'll just I'll take like the meta structure of Harold Bloom's poem "Unlimited" and then just apply it to. To this, <laughs> well, uh,
0: you know, even though uh, Meg Remy says to put down your phones and notice what's going around uh, on around you, we encourage you to pick up your phones and join the revolution by engaging with this podcast on Facebook, Theory for Turntables, on Twitter at TFT Podcast, uh, and in the show notes for this episode, overthinkingitcom dot slash TFT three one zero is where you will find the the show notes and the comments for this episode. We'll be back next week uh, with. More more tft podcast until then keep it real
1: ain't i a stinker